Welcome to this podcast of But Did You Die? Podcast by Ops Medical Group with your host, Craig, Mandy, Wendy, and me, John. We are an acute care and emergency medicine clinicians. Our goal with this podcast is to provide education and entertainment by bringing you insights into our experiences to help you better understand critical aspects of medicine. We hope that our stories provide you both uh, an insight into the technical and human side of medicine. Our ultimate goal is to help you develop the technical, mental, and emotional tools to handle emergent events. Let's go. We're good to go. Yeah. Good. Talk about uh, distractions today. Distractions, diversions, how to how to actually see the forest through the actual one tree that's blocking it. That Maybe moment. how to avoid distractions. Yeah. Well. Minimize. Minimize. Yeah. How to stay focused. Yeah, that's probably better. The distraction. I'm not gonna lie, I get distracted every day, easily. Well, and anytime you're trying to do your note and you get a call, you're distracted, or you get an EKG put in front of your face, you get distracted. So it, it, the distractions are real; they're not going away. You have to be able to refocus, and you also have to know when you're like, "Don't, I can't talk to you right now." Like, give me just a minute. Yeah, let me finish this. Especially when you're writing a note, because the note is just as important as the assessment. Yep. Oh my gosh, yes. Right. Like I've done that where I've gotten paged or somebody calls me and yeah. I deal with that. And then I'm like, oh man, what was I going to say on my note? And then I finish the note and then I go back. I'm like, mother truck, I forgot this. I have to I go back and put an addendum. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So I, I can think of like a, a case where I'm, I was playing ICU guy and, uh, got called to the ER and um, it was during the COVID stuff and I was told, hey, this guy's, a, this guy's got COVID, you know, he's altered, he's got a fever and, you know, he's um, really tachypnic and short of breath and all this other stuff. And when I looked at the ABG, I thought, hmm, this guy's blood sugar is 400. He's acidotic. Bicarb's low. Hmm. Maybe he's just DK. And as you start to assess and go through the labs and the chest X-ray and the chest X-ray is normal and the COVID's negative and he's he's got a urinary tract infection and he's got DK. But because you know during that time frame, going back to the distraction, you know everybody's so focused, hyper focused, right? And I feel that it was so easy to miss, you know, from the nursing staff, from the physician staff, and you're just like, everybody's COVID, you know, everybody's short of breath, you know, all these people coming in and altered. Um, and some aren't, but the acuity is so high, and you're coming in, and you're a fresh pair of eyes, and even though I myself was, you know, tired, it, I wasn't as distracted as everybody else's. You know, with phone calls, with EMS runs, with everything else. And so it was a little easier for me to walk in and be like, hmm, this guy is not COVID. He is actually in DKA, and we need to give him some fluid and uh, treat his urinary tract infection. But even if he was COVID, it still could have thrown him into DKA, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the thing. That's true, yeah. Yes, I mean, we want to think that disease states live in isolation, and he, but they don't. 
And he easily could have tested positive. I mean, I only saw him for like two days, but he easily could have tested positive later um, for yeah. COVID, right? You think about it. But, but that wasn't his major malfunction right. today. Correct. Well, at that moment, yeah. as it's frequently said, at that moment, he, he was not, in my opinion, COVID, what his problem was. It was he's in DKA, probably secondary to a urinary tract infection. Um, and for, for us in general, and you know, for anybody kind of managing sick people, it's easy when you're getting bombarded. And, you know, as you're, if you're physician staff and you're sitting in the ER, and I, the consults as you're sitting there and they're, you know, the phone is just nonstop, right? Cardiology's calling you back and this person's calling you, the hospitalist is calling you, nephrology's calling you, and, oh, here's the ICU guy. And I remember walking in, being the ICU guy, and I was like, so different to walk in, even though it's the environment that I normally work in. Yeah. And you're like, man, I kind of feel really bad for that it's guy. It's a different take. Yeah. It, I felt horrible for him, right? Um, and then the other person that was sitting there and then watching the nursing staff, like, run around, uh, you know, like their hair on fire trying to get stuff done. There's also just a ton of worthless information that floats around that you need to be able to siphon off. Because when you get when we get our labs back, so much of that stuff, so much of the stuff on the CBC doesn't, it's not for us. Like it's, I guess if you're a hematologist, it makes a difference. But like, just there's so much stuff on there that I'm like, I, I don't care from an emergency perspective about this. Right. And then you get, you know, you, it's just, you have to know what really matters and where to, to focus um, your your energy on. And, and then even that, you have to, be able to differentiate like well what does this lab mean in relation to the patient so they've got a white count that's slightly elevated so what that could mean nothing it could mean a lot of things it, yeah. it, you know just it, you have to take the patient into it's consideration it's true now you say about cbc i remember um when i worked trauma they were very adamant about cbcs and they were like we don't need a diff we just need a cbc they were like, that's for medicine. We don't need all that extra crap. Just yeah. give us a basic CBC. I mean, it just, it creates. Yeah, it's more information than I need, and I don't need all that right now. So, yeah. And we need, you know, eventually it may be needed. Um, but I think, especially in the emergency setting, it, it muddies the water. You've got to be able to isolate away what you need. Um, and then apply that information to the patient in front of you, you know, because, yeah, like you said, the patient's short of breath. Everyone else is COVID. Makes sense he's COVID, right? Yeah. And then, uh-oh, it's DK. Well, that sucks. Um, you know, but it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've missed it. I mean, I, that's just, it's hard, you know? Yeah. Well, I, personally, I mean, you're sitting there and, you know, once again, it's, it's easy to get distracted with, one, the environment that you're in. Um, that's why we have differentials, right? I mean, so you go through yeah. your differentials, and all of a sudden, hey, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but there's this None old None of the other thing. diseases <laughs> decided to put themselves on hold. Yeah, no. <laughs> like no. they're still going to. Right. And, and in a few minutes, I'm going to go on a rant here about alarm fatigue because that, sh that shit is a huge distraction 
all those fucking alarms that go off in the ER that don't mean a thing and the overhead speakers that are blasting about something yeah. going on on the floor and then the EMS radio goes off at the same time as this other EMS radio because we can't just have one. We have to have two. And then the phone call that also is the EMS phone call. We have, so that's a three different forms of community. I mean, it's just ludicrous. And so you have all this different distraction that, of course, is don't right Don't forget the, the alarm for the bathroom. That's, the bathroom that's true. That's true. And, and then, then the course, dress the, alarm. The dress alarm for patients who just didn't get their water or whatever. I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's it, all these things. I had that alarm the other day and I was like, what is this oh, new and, bell I'm hearing? And, 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 and then the fire alarm. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have a fire drill. And like, okay. Like, it's yeah. just nonsense. So when I hear an alarm, I'm like, does any, does any of this matter? Other than the fact that it's distracting me from trying to complete my note and communicate with my physician peers or my nurse peers or whomever. Uh, it's just, it's nonsense. And then you bring it up to the administration and they're like, well, we have to have the, okay, fine. But just know that alarm fatigue is real and no one takes these things seriously. And so when it is serious, there's going to be a problem because when you cry wolf every damn time, no one's going to listen eventually. And then the wolf is going to come and he's going to eat you. Yeah, it's true. Like the, I will agree, like some of those alarms and bells and announcements well, and alerts. And, and it's worse and it's during the day. Continuous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I imagine. I've been there a couple times, like during the day, and I'm just like, this is nonstop. Like, yeah, it just because it's not comes just, it's not, it's not just the, it's like the overhead announcements that are announcing some meeting that's going on with a completely different department in a completely different wing of the hospital that has absolutely nothing to do with the ER, and yet the intercom system is integrated so they can't block it off. So I'm having to listen to that and then the radio and then the phone and then the other phone that's in and it's, you know, yes, I can block out at some of the stuff, you know, but inevitably, you know, uh, the EMS radio, if I'm in the well, middle it becomes of, a drain, it becomes a drain. But if the EMS radio goes off, I'm going to want to sort of stop and listen and say, was there something that's coming in that I need to be prepared mm-hmm. for right in the middle of, you know, typing a sentence on another note that I need to focus on as well so it is definitely a if you if if, if you're not used to having adhd you're going to get adhd if you, if you work in the er it's just gonna you're gonna have to kind of flex and be able to go back and forth yeah it's a it's a little bit rough but I it's will a say. distraction i mean it and, is and like, i think the reason i get frustrated and, and rant about it is simply because it doesn't have to be that way all it takes is someone who's skilled in some form of technology that can say, all we need to do is eliminate the intercom system to the ER for the meetings that don't matter. Any of the information that does not matter for the ER. You know, all that stuff, we can isolate that out. Oh, the, the three different radios that we have, we actually only need one radio. All EMS can, can use this one radio. We don't need three. You know, I mean, this is, I'm not, I don't know how to do it. I'm not trained in that kind of stuff. But there's someone who can, but it's, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's going to cost money. And so the hospital's just going to be like, well, we'd rather have our staff just be fatigued. I mean, I'm being cynical, I guess, but that's what it feels like. Maybe it's just real versus cynical. Or maybe it's real. Right. That, that's, yeah. Going back to, I mean, I could be optimistic all day long, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not going to get me anywhere. At the end of the day, like, you walk back in, it's like, yeah, my whole optimistic <laughs> thing just went out the door, right? But, um, yeah, the reality is, I mean, you're going to get there and there's going to be three radios going and because a bunch you, of codes overhead. Well, and because then the other thing is, uh, you know, one out of three uh, 
so, so one out of three EMS calls, probably, I don't know, I haven't counted it, but is going to come in and it's going to be not an emergency. So they've also just distracted me from whatever task I'm doing for something that's not actually an emergency. That, yes, they have to communicate that they're coming in, I get that. Um, but you know, then we have three of those different radios that are calling in to tell us that they have maybe not an emergency. You know, I, I just, I mean, I guess you never know until they get to the door. I get that. But um, it's a distraction, and you have to be able to manage the distraction. And at the same time, you have to be able to manage the distractions of the laboratory information, you know? Yeah, it's rough. I will say um, there's been times where I'm sitting down trying to put orders in on an ICU admit and a nurse will walk up or call me and ask a question about something somewhat nebulous like a diet order on another patient that's totally stable and just having to stop to listen to that um, distracts me from finishing this order or I've been in a situation where um, I'm almost done with an order and they walk up and throw like a totally different patient with a whole different emergency and granted I'm going to deal with this emergency but now I've got like this unfinished half-assed thing going on and trying to kind of refocus and regroup to come back to that well, takes a little bit more effort than yeah and, and, and I guess I don't I don't have that exact wind picked up yeah, the wind definitely picked up. Um, I guess I don't have that exact problem, but I'll have oftentimes, you know, I'll put in orders or I'll use an order set and then I'll get the question, oh, did you put this order in? It's like, did, did you see? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I just didn't see it. And so it's like, well, do me a favor. Look before you ask me. If you don't see it, that's fine. Ask me. Maybe I forgot to put it in. Um, but like, please don't distract me until you've made the effort to look to see if the order's there. Yeah. Um, now, if you... That's courteous, if you know, reasonable. Yeah, and if you're questioning the order, okay, that's fine. Just make sure you've looked to see that it's there. Um, but the, again, it's, it's a distraction, and you have to go back to, okay, what was I thinking through? Because, you know, it might be really important that I document whether or not the person had pedal pulses if they're coming in with an ankle fracture. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, okay, that's what I was working on. And it's... Yeah, I, I definitely remember in training, I was so scared. I was going to forget that stuff because, I mean, I guess in training, you do forget that stuff, and thankfully you have attendings. But even now, I'm like, gosh, I hope I don't forget, you know, that just something super serious because I get distracted by something not serious. Um, and that's where, you know, the frustration with the alarm fatigue comes in or the questions that can wait. Um, and we have... <laughs> We have, we have a partner down there who he gets really pissed about that. And uh, um, it's kind of funny to watch him, you know, interact. It's comical. With it, it, is, it is comical. Um, and he... He means well. He does. He does. He the knows, delivery may not be that great, but if, he means well. If, he, if he's listening, he knows who he is. And, and, he's, and, it's, and it's funny. But I'm also sympathetic to him because I see what he gets distracted by. And I'm like, okay, I can see how that's aggravating as hell. You know, like... It, just, you know, may, maybe be a little bit more chill, but I get where he's coming from in a lot of, a lot of ways. Because, you know, if you, haven't, if you haven't looked at our orders or if you haven't, you know, made the effort yourself and then you're just coming to hit the easy button yeah. by asking the doc, mm, well. Where's my easy button? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to order that. <laughs> yeah. 
I get a lot of the um, people think I'm pissed off. Um, I have resting bitch face, just standard. But when I'm in the middle of putting an order in or something, like sometimes I won't stop to physically look at the person asking me this question. Because if I stop and engage them, this important thought that's in my brain is going to fly away, and that's the end of that. And it takes a lot of effort for me to go back and retrieve it. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, and I'll just quickly answer the question and then continue on my merry way. And I've had a couple of people later on be like, hey, like, I, you know, I'm sorry if you're mad. I'm like, I'm not mad. Like, I, I got work to do, man. Like, yeah. I go, yeah. I'm trying to finish. I'm trying to finish here. Like, it's got nothing to do with me mad. Like, yep. I, I, I just don't want to stay late. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I, I had enough of staying late with COVID. I mean, there were times I was there until, like, 11 in the morning. It was That's ridiculous. So Ridic- yeah, very miserable. And then had to come back the next night, or that night at 7, so. Well, and I, I mean, I, as we talked about, distractions are inevitable. And we know that they're going to happen. And we want to try to minimize them and also maximize our ability to refocus and go back to the chart or back to the patient or what was like, okay. So like Craig talked about earlier, we have a differential and COVID's not the only thing that could cause shortness of breath. As a matter of fact, turns out metabolic problems can cause shortness of breath. Ah, the sugar isn't right. And his pH is showing a testodotic. Maybe I need to change tack here a little bit. That doesn't mean that we quit thinking about COVID or UTIs or whatever else. It's like, but do we expand what we're thinking about? And again, it's kind of that going back to refocus on the patient, on the information that you have at hand, and reassess. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you, you talked about earlier with the, the trauma patients. Okay, I don't know what's going on here. Let's start back over. Let's reassess. Let's, you know. And I had an attending uh, who was awesome who would always say, look, if you notice something different in a resuscitation, start, just start over. Okay, wait a minute. Is, is my airway good? Did I, did I miss that intubation? Okay, no, all right, everything looks good. Is it my, uh, there's a breathing? Is it circulation okay? Like, go back through your algorithm. Go back through and start over. And if you don't catch anything, okay, great. You can still, but right. if, you know, when things change, just go back and look. It's like that resident you were talking about a while back, um, did you happen to notice that the abdomen is distended and the hemoglobin is now five um, and there's a giant seatbelt sign and the patient's in the trauma bay and the comment of they weren't like that when I got here doesn't hold because you've got to continue to reassess the patient. Sure, that might be true. They might not have been distended like that. And their hemoglobin might have been stable initially, but things change, and you got to reassess, and you got to can't get distracted. I mean, it, you know, obviously this resident it's, had it's it, easy to get distracted. Oh, definitely, you have yeah. other patients you're trying to manage. Yeah, you have other staff you're trying to manage. You have yeah. other colleagues that you're trying to consult, but you have to be able to refocus you go back in admin people calling you because <coughs> yeah. something's not moving fast enough or because something's backed up yeah. or something and oh did, did you know you, you forgot to come to this meeting I was yeah like, oh shit okay <laughs> yeah 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 there's and did it's, you put your bill in i get that it's, one it's a continuous like little thing that happens um the reason i I brought it up is because it applies to business and it applies to any kind of operation you could potentially be running, right? So you're sitting around and you're like, well, I'm going to do this one thing today, you know, be it whatever. Um, 
say you're going to go to the gun range, right? And you're going to go shoot guns. And all of a sudden, there's a fight at the gun range. And you're like, oh, wow, check out the fight. And what you don't realize is they're getting ready to attack you. And you're so, like, intrigued by the fight. And you're like, hey, you know what? And I came to the gun range. I have guns on me. But guess what? I'm not really prepared to get into a gunfight and defend myself because I'm so distracted by the fight going on Let's in front of me. Let's see what the drama is over here. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, the blood system. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reason I bring that up is because I saw, I saw this happen uh, where these guys went to go eat. They had a bunch of guns on them. They were competitive shooters, and they walked into IHOP. They left their stuff in their truck. And it, it was hidden, you know, because they had a, the, one of those bed covers. Yeah. And uh, the guys were out there, like, breaking into their truck, and, you know, then they started getting into a fight. And, uh, and I'm like, what are the odds, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, what are the odds that here you are and your objective is just to go shoot and enjoy your day? And man, my day's about to get screwed up, right? And you're waiting for the cops and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And it's like, okay. But I thought about that, right? So it's an easy distraction. And it's easy for you to get involved into it, you know? Um, and then your day's ruined. Same thing with the ER. Like you're doing stuff, and all of a sudden, you think you're you're on the right pathway because of everything going on around you, and then you realize, you know, somebody comes up and is like, "Hey, you know, by the way, just so you know, this guy's actually in DKA. He's not. He doesn't have COVID." And they're like, "Why do you see what's going on around me? I'm getting my ass kicked, right?" <laughs> Right, but you have all the guns to take care of all yeah. this. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You could have like eliminated all the threat right from the get-go and just gone the right. And I'm, you know, I, I don't hold no, I don't. The, the person accountable for it. It's just that it's easy. You know, you're so caught up into the moment that you start, you become part of the spectatorship versus actually. Yeah. Well, also, it goes back to that. That, uh, or you're struggling to stay into the fight. What, what do they call it when you, the, the anchor diagnosis? Is that what they're calling it? When you like you find something, you just hang on to it, and you forget to broaden your differential, mm-hmm. and you forget like there could be more to the story because you're so bought in, and you're like, hey, I've got, I've got what the problem is. It's like, I've yeah, got it, I've, got, I've got it, you know. And you just sort of, it's, it's like I had a an orthodox tell me one time that the most commonly missed fracture on an x-ray is the second fracture. And the point was that you get so focused on that femur fracture, you forget to look at the pelvis. Mm-hmm. You're just like, whoa, that, that femur is so jacked up. You forget to look at the crack in the, in, in yeah. the pelvic, pubic symphysis, you know, whatever. And it, it, I, it stuck with me. It's just like, hey, you know, you could keep looking, keep have a, have a system, follow it every time, look at the whole right. picture. So we, um, this was when I was in trauma and, you know, they always talk about the distracting injury. So we had this, I don't know, maybe older woman came in. I think it was an MVC and, um, you know, everybody was so distracted by the open tip vib. 
I mean, it was open tip fib, and then her ankle was disarticulated and open. Like, it was just ugly, right? But everybody was so distracted by that. Like, they, you know, did the ABCs and everything, and by the time they got down to her leg, they were, you know, trying to get it all wrapped so that we could get it stable enough to go to CT. And I guess the uh, two residents that were there in the mid-level, somebody, I mean, they shot the chest X-ray, but I guess they all thought that each one, that one of them saw it as they were all down here by this woman's leg, that nobody really saw it. And so before we start rolling a CT, like her blood pressure starts dropping. And so we're all like, hey man, like we can't roll the CT, like she's 88 systolic, we're not going. And so they're getting kind of annoyed with us as, you know, the nurses, because they're like, man, know your role, like, you, you know, we're going, right? And so, I was just like, we're not going. Like, we, this, she cannot go this way. And so I guess they finally called um, one of the surgeons out of the OR, and he comes up, and he's just flipping his shit because they all missed that she had attention pneumo, and she ended up coding. I mean, it was a hot freaking mess. She ended up coding. We had to intubate her, like, chest tubes. It was just a disaster. And so, of course... He was just ripping into, like, we're standing there after, you know, got our stabilized, came back from CT. He's ripping at all of us because he's like, all of y'all got distracted by this leg, which, granted, is gnarly. This isn't what's going to kill her. Maybe if it gets infected a week down the road. But every freaking one of you missed this chest X-ray because everybody thought, oh, he looked at it or she looked at it or somebody did. Right. Nobody looked at it because they were like, yeah, hurry up, shoot the chest, get this foot real quick. Man. Yeah, so big time distraction. Like, yeah. you know, yes, we have to address everything, but they got so distracted by this woman's leg that she almost died. My first experience with the distracting, well, the trauma surgeon who was teaching us about distracting injuries kind of in the moment, this guy came in, I want to say I was in med school at the time, but he had been shot in the butt, and um, she was maybe 5'1 on a, on a tall day, mm-hmm. um, but, a, but a powerhouse of a, of a trauma surgeon. She was. Um, so she's like, listen, guys, we got we to gotta roll the patient. We got to do all this stuff. Well, she's in there, like, moving his manhood out of the way so she can look to see. And this guy, he'd been shot in the butt, but he was all like, bitch, don't touch me. And, you know, he's like yes. freaking out. And she's like, listen, I have no interest in touching you there. I have to touch you there because I have to look to see. So they ended up shooting the CT scan. Turns out the bullet, because bullets do weird things when they hit the body, ended up perfect part of his bowel. Had to take the dude to the OR, cut him open. So, so it was a big deal. And like when you looked at it, just the, the butt shot, you're like, yeah. oh, hey, that's kind of funny, like something in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not funny at all. No. The dude ended up with like an ostomy. I mean, it was just it was not funny at all. And she didn't find an exit wound, you know, behind his testicle or something. But that was the whole point. Like, you have to look because bullets do all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. Car wreck victims, all kinds of weird stuff. You just never know and you won't know if you don't look. But I think, you know, kind of going back to that, that story you were telling, it becomes a problem when everyone feels like they're, when no one's really assigned to the role. Like, yeah. whose job is it to actually look at the x-ray? I mean, I guess you could say, well, every resident physician should be looking at the x-rays. Like, okay, that, that's cool. But who's supposed to be reporting on it? Yeah. Like, who, who's taking ownership of it? Because that needs to, you know, 
needs we need to know that. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, there's yeah, distracting it was a big injuries. Cluster and everybody got reamed. Nobody ever wants to get yelled by the faculty surgeon. Oh, but that was fun oh, to watch, though. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> that was awful. But you know, nobody ever did it again. Did never happen yeah. again. As a matter of fact, after that, everybody would like fight to get to like the portable, and you know, radiology's like, bro, everybody looked at it, and you're like, no, no, I gotta see, I gotta, let me just double check. So, but it's you know, pretty funny. But hopefully, they don't lose that that fire when they're practicing for real. That they're like, let me double check that again. Yeah, you know, look back. It's like, wait a minute. What's that? That's another hard part because it's another distraction, right? Because you've, yeah. you've reached, you've reached your I've goal. Made it. Yeah. You reached your goal. You're like, Hey, you know, NPPA, MD, whatever, you know, RN administrator. I don't know, whatever it is you want to be. Yeah. And you start to forget the basic principles of what got you there, right? Hard work, hard work, reassessment thorough planning, thorough evaluation of what you're doing and how you did it. And then you get there and you're like, man, everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Who's running this? And then you realize, I'm running this. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, I think that's an easy distraction for a lot of people when you start to come down and... Success. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, and I, I can even blame myself for this. Like, I've looked at other people's success and compared my success to their success, and I'm, like, disappointed in my success because it's not as successful as their success. So to me, that's a bigger distraction than anything else, right? Uh, but the reality is, like, hey, you know, I got news for you. I'm doing pretty good, right? But you have to, like, evaluate yourself and just admit, like, hey, you know what? This is actually... I'm doing pretty cool stuff, right? But we forget that we do yeah. pretty cool stuff. I may stuff. not be where I want to be, but I'm working towards it. I think trying to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Yeah. And it becomes a distraction. Yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, people who talk about planning and emphasize having goals. And I know we don't really have... I guess if you're in primary care, you have more goals for your patients than... I guess emergently we have goals for our patients. It's like... Please don't die. Like, please don't lose this leg. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same goal-oriented things. It's hey, look, we want to get your cholesterol levels here. Uh, let's let's try this medicine for your blood pressure. You know, those types of more long-term goals. So I don't know that it's apples and apples, but there's a very and this is just me. I would say there's like a very short-term goal for us yeah. versus a very long-term, long game. We're not there to like no. hit it to the next green or any of that stuff. <clears throat> Using golfing terms, I don't even know. I hardly <laughs> ever golf anymore. So, uh, but you know, you're just, you know, we're like, hey, uh, yeah, you're good to go home, and here's your antibiotics. So here's, you know, you're come back if you're worse. But our goals are very short term. Like, yeah. let's get you out of the ER or let's put you into. But I think it's. It's still important for us to have those goals and keep that as a, a a tool to refocus ourselves, whether regardless of the distraction. Right. Whether we're like, man, that neurosurgeon has a sweet ass car. Like, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's like, well, okay, cool. Um, what wait? What what are my actual goals? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. trying to help this person here. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. And 
think about that some other time. Just what are our goals for, you know, the, even if it's short-term for that particular patient. And honestly, the goal might be, hey, this person is completely healthy. We need to get this person home. That, that's completely acceptable sometimes. And other times it's like, hey, this person is incredibly sick and needs the cath lab because they're having a heart attack right now. And we need to get that done. So we just need to keep those things focused. Uh, minimize the distractions. What would you say, like, in the military would be <clears throat> is one of the biggest distractions? I think being comfortable is probably a big distraction. I don't know about for y'all, but I'm just thinking kind of in general terms. Distraction. Um, change. Right? Even though they, they say we go through change all the time, there are very few organizations that actually go through change. Like, they'll go through leadership change. But that doesn't mean that their environment changed. You know, they're, they're either still engineers or they're still infantrymen or they're still in special forces or, you know, for us in the air side, you're still flying or whatever. Um, but the, to go from something that you're doing, say you're either doing air stuff and you're, then you're helping on a ground team or something of that nature, that's change. And so with that change, um, you're so distracted with all the new acronyms and the new lingo and the new mm -hmm. vocabulary. Um, you know, if you're either attached to an army unit or a marine unit, if you're attached to a navy unit, it's even worse because there's, I mean, you really don't know what the hell they're talking about most of the time. <laughs> but um, to me, uh, the, the biggest distraction in the military is, is when you have change and then you have a new vocabulary that comes with it and you're having to learn how to decipher the vocabulary. Um, because today, you know, even talking to my kids, you know, I feel that there are people trying to change the vocabulary as it is, like the definition of words. And the true definition of words are how it's, how I grew up are not the same how they are today. They try to change them to mean something else. Yeah. And that's, that's a really hard distraction because people will run off of a different word, meaning a different thing when I'm using it and they're going to go and do something else. And I'm like, that's not what I asked you to do. Well, it's kind now, of a, now come back here. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a, Beat your face on the floor. A, 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 <laughs> a, 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 kind of a funny story talking about how, you know, words evolve and change. I went out, I was in grade school. One of my good friends, um, his mother was uh, German and um, his dad was a pilot, I want to say for FedEx. Um, and mom was super nice and I'd get to go and they had a cool backyard so we'd go play uh, it was right around the time that the term bad actually started to be it was good mm -hmm. and so we were out there and we were just like that's so bad that's so bad and she came out and she was like guys I'm so sorry y'all aren't having fun because she didn't Aww. process like she really was like we're like no no it's awesome and she's like you could just tell she was mind blown just confused didn't know what was going on you know and she just couldn't couldn't grasp it but you know this is a you know a 10 11 year old yeah. group of kids that are confusing this adult woman who is like trying to you know have her son and his friends have fun and we're out there yelling how it's so bad and she's like, I'm so sorry guys and we're like 
what, what are you sorry about? This yeah. is awesome. This is the coolest thing ever. Like, we just felt the best fort in the world. It's bad. Like, yeah. that's uh, hilarious. <laughs> you know, but you have to you know, take those things in context. And it, uh, I didn't have any appreciation for it at the time. We just thought it was funny that she didn't get it. But um, now you're like, but now I don't get it. Well, now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have your girls done that to you yet? <laughs> so people are talking to you at work, and you're like, what are you talking about? What oh, is? Yeah, yeah. 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 I have no clue what you're talking about. There are definitely some things. It, 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 not the not the girls yet, because you know my oldest is she's nine, so okay, still, yeah. But like at work, some of the younger uh, crew at work, they'll say certain things, and I, I'm just like, is is that a what does that even mean? Like yeah. some <laughs> jargon or something. Yeah. And I was like, is that is that a cool thing or is that yeah not cool? Like, I think the in thing now is like not pronouncing a word. And or adding syllables to it. Yeah, or, like only or pronouncing... Or adding an S to, an a, to pretty much everything. Yeah, only pronouncing like the first syllable of a word. You know what I mean? And you're supposed to make the assumption that you know what that means. I attribute that to text speak. I think that's what it is. Because, yeah. yeah, it's like how things have started to evolve and, and communicate. But it... Well, I'm just like, around. you can't even be troubled to pronounce the word <laughs> in its entirety. But I think it's not like pronouncing what is the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It's not like I'm pronouncing Poppins. that, yeah. But circling back around, it, it's a distraction. Yeah. If you're not able to communicate, and I'm wasting my time trying to think, like, what the hell are you trying to? Yeah, tell and I got to use brain cells on that. Well, and do those brain cells need to be focused on something else? Exactly. You know, and exactly. Sure, if we're grabbing a beer and you're talking your gene lingo, whatever, that's fine. We can laugh about it. But, like, the guy who just had a heart attack, I, I don't need to know your, like, your text version of it. I need you to communicate clearly with me what you just saw and what happened. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Throw into the mix uh, persons who maybe don't speak English as a first language. That makes it even harder. Especially if, if I accidentally use some sort of a term that they're not familiar with. Yeah. Um, so it makes it... Yeah, the language thing makes it a tad more difficult. I find language to be very easy, but also very complicated, and it can be a distraction when people use it. Uh, the words in a manner that is not the true definition of the word. Yeah. Uh, and you know the the unfortunate, and I, I know you've you've spoken about this several times, where you know you go and you present a patient. And it would be no different, right? Like if you're if you're presenting something to uh, a, an administrator or somebody in charge of something, you don't walk up and tell them, "Hey, you know, have you heard about the hospital?" And they're like, "Yeah, there's there's a hospital over there. What are you telling me?" Right? Because that's how people will present the patient, right? Yeah. They're like, "Hey, well, have you heard about the patient in 13?" I know there's a patient at 13. What, what are you getting at? Yeah, was there something specific? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, is it the same one I saw? Like, you know, they, yeah. especially if you're talking about the ER, because yeah. they shuffle patients around or yeah. they get beds or whatever. You know, and uh, versus, hey, I, you know, your patient that is in 13 by the last name of this, who's the age of this, and by the way, you know, their potassium is this, or their kidney function is it, or they have a bump in their troponin, or they're altered and they weren't altered earlier. Um, you know, you go and you do that for a business, and it's a little different presentation versus, hey, how would you like to buy a company? Oh, oh, wait. 
like a company of what? <laughs> a company of rocks? I mean, what, what, what are you talking about, you know? Yeah, let's end this conversation right now, right? Unless it's the pet rock, because yeah. apparently that was ridiculously successful. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not. Apparently <laughs> was. I got in trouble for, so my grandmother, God bless her soul, had pet rocks, right? And I wanted to start a fire with the rocks. So I was like trying to like spark, yeah. you know, hitting them together and trying to spark them. She accused me of killing the pet rock. Shut <laughs> your mouth. True story. Mutilating it? Yeah. She's like, you're killing my rocks. Uh, you're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me when they started speaking to me. So. <laughs> I didn't well, know I that a, that was I was like, how do you know they're I, pet rocks, Grandma? I had, a, I, had a, I had a professor in my MBA program that was uh, probably a little over the top about minimal, minimizing information on PowerPoints. But I appreciated his, I appreciated his point in the sense that there's usually so much information on a slide, that you can't possibly comprehend the in, information on the slide at the same time listening to the person giving the presentation. Mm-hmm. And so his point was, you want them to listen to you, and not focus entirely on the slide. So you minimize, you have some sort of a highlight point, because most of the stuff on a on a slide most of the time is filler. Yeah, it's distraction. And what you are saying needs to be the meat of the matter. And I I thought that was... He was a little bit over the top about it, but I appreciated where he was coming with it. Um, Because especially when we get into, you know, you know, when we get into, say, med students presenting patients and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Okay, what... Wow, that was a whole lot. I'm glad that you did. We're thorough, but we're in the ER. Like, yeah, what, I, what's I'm the problem? not going to lie. What, what I have to do? get entertained when they go through like their <laughs> family history and start talking yeah. about like their third cousin or yeah. whatever that had a headache or something. Yeah, so like, okay, that's right. funny to me. So, they're like my tia and my yes, my tia, and they, they they had a conversation and my cousin she had this and yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say that's kind of funny. <laughs> I had this instructor um, talking about powerpoints and too much information. So she would, instead of like teaching or whatever, she'd have her PowerPoints and they were, everything that she was going to say word for word was in the PowerPoint. That's painful. On the slide. Yeah. And she would just stand there and read it. And so like the first or second slide she did that, I checked out after that. I had Like I would do anything but like, and this is bad, but you know, back in the day when people used to balance their checkbooks. I would bring my, my bills to school. <laughs> when I knew she was going to, when she was going to teach, I would sit there and like balance my checkbook or like do anything else other than listen to her because it was one so, frustrating for me, but it was a waste of my time. So the first couple of years in med school or classroom years, and um, in my second year, I started to realize I was like, you know, all these professors just read their slides. I stopped going to class and just, I said, like, I can read their slides, it's online. Like, they're not, I'm not mm-hmm. getting anything out of this. I started doing better when I stopped going to class. They were wasting my time. I can read their, I actually can read their slides two or three times in the same hour. It, it you know. You spent like three hours there in class, right? That they would say, yeah. because they'd have these anecdotes that wouldn't have a damn thing to do with the information. 
and you're like, dude, I could have read your slides three times over in the same hour it took you to read it once. Yay, tenureship. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, I just, you know, but it ended up doing better when I stopped going to class. And I was like, it, it was very counterintuitive. I was always a class goer. And, uh, hey, just, whatever helped you learn and make better grades. Yeah, that's, that's the point of school, right? Was, yes, it was very liberating. <laughs> but it was also very distracting being in class. You're like, dude, you took 15 minutes to cover that one slide that didn't help anybody. Like, no one's better off from your. Yeah. But also, you know, most teachers, especially maybe newer ones are, but most of them, they're not taught how to teach or, well, they're not taught how to present, you know? Like, they especially at the higher levels where the, most of those people are there for research and they also, oh, we have, to, we have to have you teach. And they're just like, oh, you know? I mean, I guess if you go to some of the smaller schools where they want to teach and that's like yeah. their... But it's, I mean, it's When you force somebody to do something, it's not, doesn't always turn out that well. Yeah, it's a skill. Um, but I think refocusing is a skill too. I think coming back and being able to say, this is a distraction and this is going to cause me to miss something vital. Mm-hmm. I need to go back and figure out what is the important information that I need to get out of this. Yeah. And if I don't know, who's the person I need to call that can help me take a second look at this? I always have to walk around. I know you all see me. I have my little sheet of paper that's like my brain for the night. But I always have to walk around with that and jot down all my little notes for each patient or the important calls that I get because... Well, I don't remember everything. No, I that. just there's no way I like, can. In, in a way, it's easier for me because my patients are all in the ER. Yours are in the ICU, in the ER, in the floor. Uh, you're, you're They're all, all over, over the place. You're, you're yeah. all over what three or four floors, and then the ICUs, and then the ED. It's for me. It's like well, at least they're isolated at the ED. Right. <laughs> you know, can, so, uh, mm-hmm. and even then, I'm like, wait, who's in thirteen? Is that the? I don't. <laughs> Yeah, and as, long, as much as I'd love to, like, ignore those calls that go out on the floor where they're saying whatever, I can't because it's probably one of my patients. Yeah. Whatever, whatever alarm went off or whatever, yeah. I would love to, but yeah, it didn't work like that. Yeah, I think that, you know, the, the ability to refocus is a skill that has to be practiced, developed over time. Some people are going to be naturally better at it than others. But if you are able to have the insight that says, I'm not actually naturally good at this, then you need to start practicing it and figure out a system. I mean, I think. Pen and paper, make a list like yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So for, for me, and I know that you and I have gone shooting before, but for me, like the fundamentals of shooting have always helped me learn to stay disciplined and to refocus, you know, practicing simple things. Um, and consistently reassessing my weapon and reassessing my shot group and reassessing, you know, how I'm drawing and my times and all that kind of stuff. The, the other part of the distraction is from like a personnel side, right? And, and it's easy to forget, but you could be in the same scenario where you're seeing this thing develop. And for example, with the DKA guy, right? And let's say that the the nurse comes up to you or somebody else on the staff and is like, hey, you know, I tried to talk to him about it, but, you know, because of everything going on. Um, and not forgetting, like, and, and, and overall not forgetting 
that even though there's problems and you could even have like disciplinary problems with other people within your organization, which becomes a distraction to you, is not forgetting the good people that are there. Because a lot of times folks will forget about that because they're so inundated with all the bad stuff and all the alarms and everything else. And then you sit back and you're like, man, I survived today. And what you completely forgot was, you know what? Somebody saved my ass and I didn't even fucking tell them thank you or anything like that. And, and to me, that's probably the biggest thing, right? At this point, and at this level, like I sit back and I'm like, hey, that guy did a really good job. At the, for, for us in general, like if I, if I had to, you know, talk to somebody from a company or anything like that, I would say, don't forget that part. Just because you're having to deal with lawyers and all this other stuff, bad stuff going on in the background. Don't forget, there are people still maintaining the status quo that you want. And they're not only maintaining it, they're, they're exceeding it. And, and don't forget to, to give them a little kudos. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think I've had a, especially in the ICU, a few nurses that have called and been like, hey, yeah, something's not right. I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, something's not right. So, yeah, you're right. There's, there's always somebody, hopefully, somebody out there doing their part. Yeah. For whatever reason, and maybe it's just my personality, but those are harder for me to remember than the the other when it's a negative outcome or negative this and negative that. And so I do, I have to be real careful, at least with myself, that I'm like, wait a minute, good things still happen. Like people still do their job. Like there's still people out there functioning properly and yeah. exceeding expectations. And, you know, um, it's hard to remember that though, when you're, you know, when it's just kind of been a rough shift and well, it's, some of the things happen, it's hard to remember. There are still people out there, you know, still doing the right things. It's also probably hard a little bit because you know with medicine it's not how we're taught is number one that's true it's that also, is very it, true it's the also, only time that we're notified of anything <clears throat> is when we do something wrong nobody ever says hey you know what i want you to know you did a great job that's that's, yeah, that's true. true but also very rarely here's some we, extra money are we see <laughs> <laughs> very very rarely are we seeing patients in the ER that are like oh doc I feel great today man because yeah. we're not thanks for putting my shoulder up. back in yeah they're like yeah. they're like oh my gosh it's so terrible and sometimes they thanks for catching it, my MI yeah try to make it worse <laughs> than it really is because they want you to believe them and so yeah. it's you know <clears throat> it's just different than when you have the patient it's like man I uh, feel good. Thank you for doing it, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so some of it's just sort of the, the perspective that we end up with. And you're right. We have to check that a little bit. Like, Wait a minute. We did put that shoulder back in, and it's doing pretty good. That's, yeah. It's good that we caught that stimmy. I'm sorry he had a heart attack, but, man, it's better than not catching it. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, beats the alternative. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we have to guard against that, you know, Glad we didn't Pessimism. anticoagulate the bleeding patient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been bad. <laughs> a bit of a problem there. So, but, yeah, we all need to read. And I think even if you're naturally gifted at being able to multitask, if you want to call it that, some people say that's not really, but the ability to refocus, whether you're naturally good at that or whether you need to work at it, I think to some extent we all need to work on it and keep working on it. Because even if you're awesome at it, you can probably be more awesome at it. 
practice. That's true. So to round out distractions, biggest distractions. Yeah, there's lots of them. There's gonna be, they're, gonna be, they're gonna be there tomorrow. Yeah. They're gonna be there the next day. The thing is just to remember to refocus, reassess yourself and, yeah. and get back on where you need to go. Yeah, I know that they're gonna be there. Um, you know, mentally prepare yourself for that. It's like, hey, this is gonna happen. Um, and what do I need to do to refocus myself on what really matters? It's almost like you're self-triaging over and yeah. over. You're just like, well, wait, what, what, do, wait, what really matters? Right. What really matters? Am I and, a one, a two, or a three? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, it, you know, like you said, write it down. Or have a system. It maybe writing yeah. it down is not your system, but have a system that works for you. And if it's not working, be willing to accept that and move on and change it. Um, don't take it personally. Yeah. Don't get all emotional about it. My daughter things. has a funny, um, when she talks about her, her homework, she's like, mm, that's tomorrow Lauren's problem. And she'll push something <laughs> off. I'm just like, girl, really? She's like, yeah, I'm doing some other stuff today. That sounds like a tomorrow Lauren thing. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, how, that's her uh, way of triaging homework. So it works for her, though. So eh, whatever. Everybody's got a different system. Yeah, I remember saying that. And then tomorrow there was something else that came up. I was like, man, I wish I had done that homework yesterday. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Yeah, I think that's a, a good summary. Distractions are real. Distractions are here to stay. And keep working on your ability to refocus, have a, have a system, be mentally prepared for it, um, and be willing to adapt and change your system and improve it. Definitely. Agreed. Sounds good. Awesome. Ciao. Awesome. Bye, guys. Our hope with this podcast, But Did You Die?, is to provide education and entertainment by bringing you insights into our experiences to help you better understand critical aspects of medicine. We hope that our stories provide you an insight into both the technical and human side of medicine. Our ultimate goal is to help you develop the technical, mental, and emotional tools to handle emergent events. If you are interested in learning more about the training and consulting services offered by Ops Medical Group and how our leadership and teamwork platforms can be of service to your hospital, medic teams, or business, you can contact us through our website, opsmedicalgroup.com, which is O-P-S-M-E-D-G-R-P.com, and please follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Lastly, Although we are medical professionals, we are not your personal medical professional. This podcast is in, in no way to serve as diagnostic information or advice, nor is it to replace any personal medical care that you may need. If you are worried that you may need medical care, please see your private physician or closest emergency department. If you think that you need emergent care, please dial 911.